Hi, and welcome back to the Multifaceted Athlete with Coaching Lutz. I'm your host, Kelly Lutz. I am a USGA certified running and ultra running coach and certified strength and conditioning specialist. I am so excited to have you here today. We'll be talking all about running, aspects of running, strength training, and anything else that makes us humans who do sports. So let's dive right into this episode. I hope you love it. Hello, welcome back to another week of the Multifaceted Athlete. I have another guest interview for you today, and I am so excited for you to listen to this one. So if you have ever asked me for podcast recommendations, I have probably told you you should listen to This is Joy and Claire because it's one of my favorite podcasts. And today I'm so excited that I had a conversation with one of the co-hosts, Joy Parrish. She is the one who is on the podcast today. A little bit about Joy. Obviously, she's the co-host of This is Joy and Claire. She is Joy in the Joy and Claire. (laughs) She's also a licensed professional mental health counselor and a puppy raiser. And I actually first discovered Joy and Claire when their podcast was Girls Gone Wad, which was centered around CrossFit. Wad is workout of the day in the CrossFit world. And I was never really into CrossFit, but I really wanted to be. So I think that's what drew me to their podcast. And then I stayed just because I love their conversations and the content that they put out. But back when I first discovered them, both of them were really into CrossFit and fitness, specifically Joy. And I wanted to have Joy on to talk about how her relationship with fitness has changed through the years. She had something pretty major happen in 2020 that caused her to reevaluate everything, about her relationship to fitness. So that is what we talked about today. And I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. We do mention a couple times about um, some obsessive behaviors, eating disorder adjacent behaviors, that kind of thing. So just fair warning for anyone listening, if that is hard for you to listen to, you might want to skip this one. In general, I think this is a really great conversation and we talk about everything from how Joy initially got into fitness, her mindset around it, how society influenced how she felt about fitness and social media specifically, which I thought was really fascinating because, yeah, you'll have to listen before I go into all these details. But without further ado, enjoy my conversation with Joy Parrish. Well, Joy, welcome to the podcast. How's it feel to be on the other end of the microphone today? I, I really enjoy being on the other end of the microphone because I don't have to think too hard. I mean, not that our podcast is like super high intellect, but it just feels good to be the one interviewed because then I'm just like sitting back and answering questions. So thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. I'm really excited about this conversation because we... I guess we've been friends for a little over a year now, and we connected about running, which isn't mm-hmm. surprising to anyone listening. <laughs> but Shocker. Yeah. You've also been really into CrossFit and some other forms of exercise, and now running, correct me if I'm wrong, is more of like something you do when a race sounds fun, but you're not like insane like I am. Right. And- I have a question for you really quick. How, oh, sure. what, per, what percentage, I just thought of it as you were talking, what would you say a rough estimate 
maybe percentage wise is of the friends you have that were met through running? Are they mostly friends you met through running or is like your social circle non-runners or a mix even even? So my, first of all, my social circle is very small, Mm -hmm. which I don't know if that surprises anyone as an introvert. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like you have a small group of close people. Yeah. Okay. And most of them I did not meet through running. A lot of them I met, maybe all of them, like my husband included, I met through climbing. And then my best friend, I met her through climbing because we worked at the climbing gym together, but she also happens to be a runner. So like... We have running in common, but I, yeah, I don't really have many running friends. That's interesting. Okay. I was just curious because like when you're really into something, I wonder how much of your life it kind of takes up and there's no right or wrong answer. I was just curious. Yeah. Well, I was really into climbing at the time, like in my mid twenties when I was, I had just gotten out of grad school here in Colorado. So I didn't really have friends because Grad school was a weird time. (laughs) So then I was really into climbing. So just what you're saying, all of my friends were climbing friends. Yeah. I I feel like I knew that about you from when we had you on our show. Anyway, I digress. I forgot what your question was for me. (laughs) It was about fitness of some sort, of doing races for fun. Was that the question? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like when I look back at my running career, I say that loosely. Career, personal career, not a professional career, just my running experience it's going to evolve because we evolve as humans at least i do and i went from running all long distance races like marathons well i guess it defined what do you define as long distance for me it's a marathon half marathon Mm -hmm. anything over a 10k let's say for me is long distance so i did that for a long time and then as i got older and kind of went to crossfit you kind of I got really, really, really into CrossFit for people who don't know me. I, you know, we had a CrossFit podcast for a long time. And I think most people who do CrossFit, it's kind of like your religion for a while. And then, of course, things changed in my life. Things happened in my life where I started to kind of back off and just do things that were enjoyable. I think there's a lot of societal pressure too to like more is better. Uh, if you're kind of type A really driven person like I am, I want to do more and feel like I have to win the race for you know the race of life, so to speak. But that just became really tiring. And I developed some health issues that made me kind of take a step back and reevaluate my relationship with fitness. And that kind of led me to a place with running too, of just being like, well, maybe I should just do things for fun as opposed to trying to compete with people who really don't care about competing, meaning like strangers. Like I would always try to compete with just the world if Mm -hmm. I could. And that wasn't serving me. Yeah. Although you did recently PR your 5k (laughs) in a fun run. (laughs) I mean, I, it was pride. It was pride weekend. And I think that if you're going to bring energy to a 5k, it's going to be at the pride 5k. So I think it was worth it for me. And I texted you immediately afterwards. I was like, I can't believe I just did that. I ran so fast. And like the first half was uphill. So I have no idea. I think the first half was uphill was so grueling. But by the time I got to the halfway point and then came back downhill, my breath was already like, okay, I guess this is what we're doing. And then I just was like, we're doing this. I was very yeah. sore. I, I can imagine, especially... Because I don't remember if this was while you were recording or before recording on This is Joy and Claire, but you did not warm up, (laughs) which I learned. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I feel that. like we did that. I th- I feel like we didn't record that part where you scolded me. <laughs> you were like joy, and I didn't really warm up. No, I in ten years, in ten years when I'm like fifty five, my body's gonna pay a price, or I'm gonna do something. I because I'm eternally in my head. I'm twenty five, mm. so I think at some point my body's gonna age uh, even more, and I'm gonna really take have to take that advice of doing the warm-up but anyway if it makes you feel better a lot of people don't do their warm-up much too much well uh, yeah <laughs> there i would like to hear and i would like to hear too of like recommended warm-ups because i hear stretching's not like you don't have to really stretch but doing like warm-up exercises like when i think about the warm-up i think about crossfit warm-ups where they're very dynamic, you're moving around a lot, you're doing like crab crawls and duck walks and whatever, bear crawls, all the animal crawls. And that felt good to me because I felt like you're truly just warming up your entire body versus like doing static stretches. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, there's many different articles that write about that, but I just get kind of impatient. But okay, to be fair, I do hear your voice in my head when I start running. I do, because when we did that training run, I can't remember what trail that was, but when we, we did not training run. When we did that, oh, that Crown group. Hill? Yeah. We oh, did the, the group run. Yeah. No, the group run. When we did the group run and we ran uphill mm-hmm. um, for like the last part of it, I was like, I don't run hills. And you're like, it's going to be fine. And I did. Uh, it was hard. <laughs> it was, that was a really steep hill. But at the very beginning, everyone started, because I didn't know like what level everyone was at, because this is like my first group run with you. And when we started running, everyone was running at a pace that was like a lot, it felt slow, not in like a bad way, not the where I was like, oh, this is too slow for me. It just felt like really slow. And I was like, oh, awesome. Like no one's like trying to run, like go really hard and like run really fast. And that felt like, oh, I need to do every run like this. I need to like start out just like chill zone and then let your breath catch up, let your body catch up. And that, so I've been really thinking about that. Like when I, because in my mind, I go to these like really negative places the minute I start running, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people do mm-hmm. is like the second you start, oh my gosh, this is going to be so hard. Or like you just start talking like, cause it's really a mental game. So many things are going through our brain. So like the first block, I even think to myself, you're still in the warm up. That's what I just start mm-hmm. saying. It's like you're still in the warm up, and even the first mile, you know, when I'm like taking this one turn down the street where I go to the next stoplight, and I'm like, and it's a little bit of an incline. So when I start running and I start feeling like a little bit of fatigue from the start, I used to think like you suck, you're not in shape, whatever, whatever. And now I'm like, you're still in the warm up. So that's like mm-hmm. kind of what has helped me was from that group run. starting really slow again i'm not saying everyone's slow i'm just saying like it was a slow pace it was like a comfortably it was a comfortably slow play slow pace so like i don't when i say that i don't want people to think i'm like being rude like because i'm not fast by any means but it just slower than what i would usually start out with let's put it that way so then that's kind of the mantra i have when i start running now is i'm just like you're still in the warm-up you are still in the warm-up and it's been great that's felt really good. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm glad you took that away. A common thing that people say, whether it's a running coach or a running influencer or someone who just runs a lot, 
is like not to judge run by the first mile for exactly why you're saying you're yes like, it is you're still warming up and like you don't know how you're gonna feel later in the run and especially like if you're starting up a hill like you do like no one feels good starting on a hill <laughs> yeah yeah no one feels good starting on a hill and then I also think I just think about that like really with any workout that I do is just let your body let your body warm up you don't have to go right out of the gate full bore like you know so I think like that just kind of applies to a lot of the exercise we do mm -hmm. of really being nice to yourself and also paying attention to the thoughts you're having like right out of the gate too because I think we also project on like how we're going to do throughout the rest of the workout so like for there was a, a like period of time after I did that hill workout mm -hmm. or the run the group run that had a hill in it it's not like we ran hills up and down constantly, but I had, and I think it was probably fatigue. It was probably a number of things. I was probably not stretching. <laughs> it's probably not like warming up well, but I had some like really intense, uh, like calf right under your calf. What is that? Not your the Achilles. Ankle, yeah. Like the Achilles, like right between your calf and your Achilles. I was having some major tightness and every time I would start, every time I would start running, it would just seize up. And I'd be like, oh, this is so frustrating. And so for a while, anytime I'd start running, I was worried when that sensation was going to happen. So then, of course, like the second you start running, you just kind of like freak yourself out. And that happened right before the Colfax 10 miler or like mm -hmm. th those pains were happening, like leading up while I was training for the Colfax 10 miler. And I just remember being like, oh, if this happens during the, Col the Colfax 10 miler, I'm going to be so bummed, you know, so it's kind of like. A lot of mental game, especially when people are dealing with injuries. Yeah. Dealing with injuries is the worst. I've been dealing with runner's knee and it just like keeps coming and going. But I'm, you and I are very similar. I don't, JK and I talked about this on uh, our episode that comes out this week of lifting, running and living. When I'm in a race similar to you, like I don't have any chill. I'm, I'm going hard, you know, mm -hmm. whether or not I should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just kind of have to, and there's nothing wrong with that. No. There's just, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's something to take note of. Like with anything I would say, like in therapy in my day job, you know, is nothing is really that bad unless in terms of like, there's nothing wrong with that behavior unless it starts to work against you. So like, unless you really start to internalize that thought and you're like, I'm a piece of crap because I don't run, you know, a seven minute mile or whatever. It's like, <laughs> no, but if you just really like to go and to drive, like that fulfills you in some way. And that's pretty cool. Not everyone has to be that way, but it's fine if you are. Yeah. So actually, that's kind of a good segue because part of why I wanted to have you on is because you're... You like running and you like exercise, but you don't go hard all the time now. And I feel like there's a lot of stories out there of like people trying to, how do I say this? There's a lot of stories about like the pros and elites and they're like, you know, all in on their sport, going hard all the time, always striving. And you're more a story of like, I'm doing this to serve me and to have fun now. So I wanted to explore that with you. Mm -hmm. um, let's go back to your childhood. Okay. <laughs> to where it all began. Well, I guess is that where it all began, your love for exercise and how you got into it or sports in general? No, uh, as a kid, so I have a twin brother and as a kid, I grew up pretty shy. My brother and I 
I think if you're a twin, you will relate to this of like, you always have a partner. You have a partner in crime. You have a partner in life to go through life with everything that you do. So I think in a lot of ways it really served me, but I also had someone to lean on, uh, because I was, uh, kind of a shy kid. So growing up, I didn't really do a lot of sports. I did, I played soccer for a hot minute. I remember I did it just cause my brother was doing it type of thing, which happened a lot of the times. Like I always just wanted to do what he was doing, played soccer for a little bit. And then I really got into dance when I was younger. I was at a parade. I remember like this is a core memory. I was at a parade with friends, with my family, probably as a seven-year-old. And I saw these dancers walk by in the parade. And my neighbor was in this like dance group, dance class. It was this guy, like a local dance class, uh, dance company was in this parade. And I remember seeing them, it was called Razzmatazz. And their colors, the outfits, the uniforms that they had were like silver and purple and like they had shiny pom-poms. And I just loved, loved the look of that. And I remember asking my mom, can I do that? And so I took an interest in dance because also I recognized my neighbor was in this like cute costume. And I was like, that looks really fun. So that's when I started dancing at seven years old and taking dance classes and loved it and loved performing and I loved the costumes, like everything about it. So that's really all I did throughout like elementary school, other than like playing on the playground with friends, swimming because I lived in Arizona, but I didn't swim competitively. I don't think I could really handle competition, competition, any type of sport with like a competition tied to it. I was a little, I was too shy for that. I didn't really do well with pressure of like the pressure of having to win something or the pressure of like an individual, like a performance relying on an individual. So mainly did dance throughout junior high, high school. I was a cheerleader. So that was like my gig, you know, that's all I did for fitness, so to speak. So it's kind of a sad story how I got into fitness. Do you want to hear it? Yes. (laughs) If you're willing to share, that is. (laughs) Well, I think a lot of people can relate to it. Yeah. So when I graduated, I mean, I went through high school. I didn't really work out at all other than like the gym at the high school where we sometimes lifted weights because as a cheerleader, I was a, I was a base, meaning I lifted people. I was never a flyer because I'm very tall and have very broad shoulders. So I was a great base for people. And so we had to, you know, do some weightlifting, but most of my exercise just came from dance classes and cheer classes because I had cheer in the morning and dance after school. So I was like constantly moving. And then as a teenager, we can eat anything we want and whatever. It doesn't matter. So I think my snacks of choice, I would have like a cinnamon roll for lunch. Uh, I have like a Snickers bar during class, like in the afternoon and a Dr. Pepper. Like our diets were horrible. (laughs) So when it came to graduation and and, uh, college, I remember someone saying to someone, I think I overheard it. I don't even think it was directed at me. You're going to gain the freshman 15. Everyone gains the freshman 15. I'm sure someone said it in passing, but my brain took that as that's going to be really scary. That sounds really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, At the time, you know, being quote unquote fat was, uh, you know, a bad thing to be seen as, as a young woman, you know, like whatever. So I took that and I took that to the bank and, uh, went to our local gym and signed up for a three month summer membership before I went to college and worked out every day. 
and I did classes and I did treadmill and I did elliptical. I mean, you name it, I did it at this gym. It was called, what was it called? I think it was like, it wasn't Gold's, Golden. I think it was called Golden's or something like that in Mesa. And oh God. So that's where it all started. Then it turned into an obsession and that, which I would then probably start saying I developed like uh, exercise bulimia is maybe what you would kind of define it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of took me into college. I work out all the time. I, you know, there's a, went with every membership or with every tuition, you have a membership to your rec center at, at college. And so I'd go there. I would swim. I would run. I mean, it, it just was, uh, it was a lot. So that's when I started running would be in college. I had started running for like calorie burn. Mm-hmm. Wasn't out of like, I like to run. It was this magazine is telling me that running burns the most calories. So I am going to run to burn calories. Yeah, that is an unfortunately common experience, I think. Um, I remember hearing the freshman 15. I feel like I read it in a magazine and heard people say it. Granted, I wonder who developed that term because or that phrase. I, I feel know. like I feel like we need to really get rid like, of it. Well, we need to find that person and we need to like shame them on social media. I'm just kidding. But (laughs) it's horrible. It's a horrible phrase. It is. And I feel like I saw it in TV shows too when I was going into college because that was mid 2010s. No, mid 2000s, somewhere around there. When you got into going to the gym every day, did you actually like anything you were doing or was it all out of like... Mm, fear that's a question i think weight. i i did like it like i did like the movement because i'm very much like my father i'm very i just have to move all the time he is kind of like a nutty professor character like a cartoon character who's just like constantly on the go and i'm very much like him i have like this underlying nervous energy that always has to be moving so i think on some level I am probably like some undiagnosed anxiety at the time that that was just a really good outlet for me. I really enjoyed the classes. Like I liked the mm-hmm. group fitness classes. I remember I would, I did. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I would like do things that were like, like I'd sit on the bike and read, you know, mm-hmm. like those bikes yeah. where you like actually not sitting up, but the ones where you're like kind of sitting back and I would just like pedal my legs. But I just, I have specific memories of like lifting weights. Uh, I do like some light weights. I would always, and I don't know like where I learned to do all these things. I was probably watching what other people were doing. But I can't say that I would like fall, I fell in love with any one thing. Again, it was mostly like, I have to do this, quote unquote, I have to. And at at that age, I should also know, like that was probably in 19, 18, 19. Yeah, because I would graduate high school like 18. I was an older 18 when I graduated And then at that age too, I didn't, I wasn't really into diet. I didn't care about what I ate. I was mostly, it was mostly about like exercise, exercise. So food to me, that was a non-negotiable. Like I was going to keep eating whatever I wanted. So I didn't really pay attention to that part. That like was not something I cared to change. So I want people to also have that context of like, I was very young and really ignorant about a lot of things as we all are. But that was the mindset that I was coming from. Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of surprising to me that you weren't into dieting yet, just based on my experience coming through college. But I wonder if... No, because I, if I really am honest with myself, I couldn't do it. Meaning I was too... I was too wrapped up in eating the things that I wanted to eat. Like I, I, 
I wasn't mentally in a place to restrict, meaning mm. I didn't, it's not, and I don't want this to come out wrong. I'm trying to like explain it in like real time, but I couldn't restrict because I was too, I wouldn't say addicted to food. Maybe that's what it was though. But I, the thought of restriction was a like, no way. I could not restrict because I loved food so much. And the thought of not having food or having certain foods, I think I tried like a cabbage soup diet for a day mm-hmm. because like someone at work was doing it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so stupid. And then, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like I would always like try to think, like think I was going to do what this one person did for a day or, oh, I'll try this with you. And it just never lasted. Cause again, I was like my cravings and my like need for food was it, it just wasn't going to happen. I bought the zone diet because I heard Jennifer Aniston was doing it and she was super skinny. I'm saying this in air quotes, everyone. I read the book and didn't do anything with it. Again, that type of discipline. And even Claire and I will talk about this, like even through starting CrossFit, when I started macro counting way, you know, that was seven years ago. That was the first time I actually like stuck to air quotes, a diet, but then it became obsessive. You know, so Mm -hmm. I don't, I just don't think at 19, I had the, I I was around a lot of women, young girls that didn't restrict. Hmm. I was around like, I guess some, uh, I can't say healthy because I don't know what was going on with everybody, but like, we all just like to go out to Applebee's and eat cheese sticks and eat crappy food and like have a good time, you know? So it wasn't, it, that was never going to be out of the the picture. We were always going to have food around us. So I wasn't willing to give that up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I had the awareness of, a, of it even being a willing thing. It was just like, no, that's not an option. So exercise will be. Huh. That's so interesting. But I think, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's a good thing that, you know, you weren't in the camp of dieting and over-exercising. Did this carry through when you left college? The exercising? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And and I want to add too, when you said like, you're, I, I was glad you were glad about the dieting plus exercise because something sad just came to mind when you said that is like at, at the time, I think I wish that I could have dieted. Like at the time, mm-hmm. I think when I was young, I don't wish this. I'm saying at the time, I, I probably was wishing that I could diet, but I couldn't. I was like, I can't do that. I can't give up my favorite foods. But I wished that I could because I would see all these girls that, you know, were whatever, uh, a size that I wanted to be. And I was like, I'm just going to keep exercising. So after college, no, I mean, I was always known to my friends as like, you're super fed and you always work out and da 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 And then that just went to grad school. There's a gym there. I was always exercising. I became a cycle instructor. Like, so I don't, I don't remember. This is sad to say, I don't remember when, aside from like some minor surgeries I've had in my life, there's never been like more than a handful of days, maybe five days where I haven't worked out. There's never been longer than like five days where I have not worked out to this day. And what do you define as a workout? Like is a walk um, a workout? A walk is a workout for sure. Like I, uh, I wouldn't define that five years ago, ten years ago as a workout. Yeah. But now I do. I mean, just before we got on this call, I walked my dogs while I took a work call, and I'm like, I didn't have time to work out this morning. Actually, I just caught myself in a lie. Um, 
That's really funny. I just, I'm a total hypocrite. I did seven minutes of burpees. No, I did 10 minutes of burpees this morning because I was like, oh, that'll be, this is, Claire's going to hate me for saying this, but I'm like, this morning I woke up and I didn't have time to do anything because I had a really early call, but I was like, oh, something popped in my head. I was like seven minutes of burpees that I could do that in my, in my workout room. But then I was like, let's do 10 minutes because it's our 10 year anniversary. And so I'm going to do 10 minute workout for 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. And I, I took it easy. I took it slow ish. I mean, I, it was hard, but, and we, for anyone listening, who's not familiar with that, that workout, it's a CrossFit workout that was in an open workout, probably in 2011 or 2012. It was like a ridiculous open workout. I've not done it since I've done burpees since, but seven minutes of burpees or 10 minutes of burpees is probably not recommended, but that, that was like enough to like get some energy out of me. And then I went on a walk over lunch. So like, to me, I don't need to have an hour of like grinding, running at full force. I just need some kind of movement. And I do wear an activity watch that I like to like hit a goal, but I don't obsess over it. You know, I mean, for the most part, there's some days where I'm like, oh, I really want to close all my activity rings. But like last week, there were a few days where I'm like, this is just not going to happen and it's fine. So I'm not saying I'm perfect and like, these are all thoughts that are gone. I don't think they ever will be. I think it's kind of ingrained in my DNA. But like I said at the beginning of this talk is like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because it doesn't affect me in a negative way anymore. It used to. And now I'm like, I'm fine with this. Like, this is not hurting me. At least I don't think so. It doesn't seem like it from my outside perspective. How, this is a very big question, but how did you get to the point where it didn't affect you negatively? Like the over-exercising? Yeah, and like the fitness trackers, all right. of that. Like where it didn't like determine my happiness. Yeah, like rule your <laughs> like, day, determine yeah, like if it was a good or a bad day. Um, yeah, because yeah, I remember having this talk with someone at the gym, and I don't know who it was, unfortunately. But it was so long ago. But I remember some gal making a comment about like how if she doesn't hit every ring at the end of the day, she'll go like walk around the block to hit her rings. And I remember being like, that sounds exhausting. Like, yeah, I'm not kudos to you if that's what you need to do. I don't do that. Like I choose like that's not something I'm going to do for as active as I am. And for like as much as I like activity, I will not be someone who moves much past two thirty, three o'clock in the afternoon. Like I get up real early. I work out early. Uh, I have a work from home job where I'm not moving a lot. And then uh, like afternoon, I'm not doing much. Like I am making dinner. I'm watching TV. I'm on the couch. I'm editing podcasts. Like I, so it's not like, I don't want people to get this idea that I'm like running around, you know? So anyway, as far as like whether or not or, or when it kind of stopped being negative, that's a, I don't know the answer to that. The only thing that kind of more definite, what I look at it more is like definitively changed when it definitively changed was when I developed Graves disease in 2020 because of a very high stress lifestyle that I was living. And on top of a horrible election and on top of a horrible pandemic, I developed an autoimmune disease, horrible job stress, I was running like crazy and my body just gave up. And so that was when it became really important for me to change my relationship with exercise and with like diet. And so I would say that will always 
I will always go back to that time in my life where I had to slow down and I had a doctor telling me like, you absolutely effing cannot run because you're killing your thyroid and you're killing your adrenals and you're killing your cortisol where I was and I trusted her wholeheartedly. And so I completely revamped the way that I looked at exercise. And to this day, that's how I see it. Like walking, great, great, great workout. Totally fine. And here's the other thing that I always think about. I've been working out majority of my life. It is not about size. It is not about weight, but I'd be lying if I said there's times where you're not like, oh, I need to work out because I want to look a certain way, or do you just want to like maintain a certain aesthetic? I have done every single workout in the book, mostly, not every single one. So don't come at me. But I have done a lot of workouts and I have stayed relative uh, with, with the exception of CrossFit. Like when I do CrossFit, I have very broad shoulders. So I will just develop more broad shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) My muscles will just look larger on my upper bar, upper body when I do CrossFit. But aside from that, I, I stay pretty much the same, you know? So that was the other thing. I think mindset shift is a lot of the motivation for working out when I was younger, even up into my twenties and third or up into my thirties, like through my twenties was I have to maintain a certain aesthetic. And now, and ever since Graves disease, which is now in remission. So I don't have it anymore. Thanks to backing off of exercise and a lot of other things, but a lot of it had to do with backing off of the intensity of exercise is now I don't look at it as, oh, I have to do this because of an aesthetic goal. I do it now. And I think even when you were at your like most unhealthy, the, if we're doing it for like a body aesthetic type of goal, our bodies are smarter than us. So our bodies are always going to say, great, you want to do this workout, but now we're going to like adjust the dials so that you're more tired tomorrow that you can't work out. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we think we're smarter than our bodies and we're not. And like, I saw that with Graves was like, I could do everything in the book to think that I was like being healthy. And my body was like, F you, we're tired. We're going to shut down. So you finally take a break. So I just think it's funny how we kind of put all our pressure, all this pressure on ourselves to maybe have a certain athletic aesthetic and do all these workouts when at the end of the day, we're going to kind of look the same. Like, and I'm talking like in general, we're not Mm -hmm. talking about extreme where like people have, you know, completely changed maybe how they look if that's what they want to do. Again, I am very pro like do whatever you want. I don't think we need to look a certain way. I think your body's going to just look how it looks and we need to accept that. Like that's my standpoint, but there are a lot of camps out there. There's a lot of different ways of looking at it where people do look at it from like, you know, the changing your body type. And I'm here to tell you for the most part, your body, and I'm no, no scientist, no doctor here, but just from my own, like N equals one experiences, it's like your body's going to just kind of like do what it needs to do to stay alive and stay healthy. Yeah. Do you think if you hadn't gotten graves that you would have changed your mindset in relationship with exercise? That's a hard question. Probably not. I think if I had not gotten graves disease, I would have continued to pound myself to the ground. Like, yeah, probably not. I was running. We had just gotten a Peloton that year because we got, we were, I remember we got the Peloton in February of 2020 and March is when, you know, the pandemic hit. So we had just received this new piece of equipment in our home that was great for the pandemic because we didn't have to go anywhere. And so running on a treadmill 
taught by really elite runners on Peloton made me compete with these elite runners on Peloton. And so I was running with, I don't know all the Peloton people out there, but Bex Gentry is like a gazelle. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's, she's like out of this world fast. Not, they don't tell you their speed on the classes, but you can just tell she's, she's probably running like a six and a half minute mile. So running, watching her, I was like, I need to be like her. Mm. And I was really killing myself. I remember workouts where I would get off of that treadmill and I don't really, this doesn't happen to me even with CrossFit, but I think being in a room with like not a ton of space where all the air is like kind of like, you know, confined into a bedroom because that's where our Peloton was. I would go into the bathroom and I would see my face like almost like the blood vessels in your eyes just like you could see like red under my eyeballs because I was pushing so hard. Whoa. And that never happened. Not even in CrossFit. The only time that happened in CrossFit when I was was when I was doing handstand push-ups because you're like just upside down and like bashing your head on the on the ground. But that was weird to me. I remember being like, should I be working this hard? Oh, I'm just I'm just really like hit training or whatever you tell yourself. But that literally killed me. I would have kept doing that. I'm pretty sure. Because that's just I was trying to relieve stress from a really toxic job. Yeah, that's a very tough situation. And I think I don't have a Peloton, but I have a Nordic track. And I've never done one of the classes, but I know that they do show you like the leaderboard. And even if you do like one after the fact, it's like, here's where you are, which I have mixed feelings about because uh, I'm competitive like yeah. you. It's like, I don't need to be trying to be at the top of the leaderboard every single day. Like right. that doesn't serve me. So I would suspect a lot of other people feel similarly if they have a Peloton or a Nordic track bike or treadmill in their house too. Right. Yeah. When you were going through graves, I know you talked about this a lot on, were you This Is Joy and Claire yet? Or was that GGW still? I think it was This Is Joy and Claire. I think, yeah, I think so. Okay. I can't remember when the rebrand was. I think we rebranded January 1st, 2020. So that would make sense. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, Can you talk a little bit about how mentally it was switching from kind of like, wanting to push more and challenge yourself and be quote unquote the best, I guess, um, to having to scale back and like having that force upon you and not being, not fully being your choice. Yeah. And I, you know, I think about a lot of people who have, have more serious health issues than that. And I think about like, I'm sure everyone on a lot of levels can relate to maybe being in a time when, or women who've given birth and like, can't work out for six to eight weeks and probably more than that, where you just feel like really detached from your body. For me, Graves' disease, uh, for people who don't know what it is, it's hyperthyroidism, which basically means your thyroid is on crack and working five times over time and is attacking your body and thinking that everything, I can't remember like the names of the actual, everyone who's like in the medical field is probably screaming at me, but basically saying like, we have intruders, we need to produce more uh, thyroid hormones. And so I was losing a lot of weight really fast. I was in the bathroom constantly because it just 
basically takes any food that comes in and you just literally, it goes right through you. I was eating all the time, but at the same time I was nauseous. Like it was horrible. So you're a lot of people, it's more common apparently to have hypothyroidism where your thyroid is working under, uh, not over time. So I was very tired, uh, with hyperthyroidism also comes a very high heart rate, a very high resting heart rate. So that was one of my, one of the symptoms I had was when I started running, I couldn't run. I would start running and I would immediately feel like I was running at top speed, even if I was at a, at a trot and I'd look at my heart rate and it was like 180 and I'm like, what is going on? And so I'd be like, what's, oh my gosh, maybe I'm just like not training well. I don't have a good training plan. I was like blaming my training and then being like, I'm, you know, I don't understand this. And then I take a day off and then try it again. And it was not working. So I really couldn't work out. I couldn't work out because it would spike my heart rate because my resting heart rate was like a hundred and I'm Whoa. not even exaggerating. Hence the other symptom I had was like constant nervousness. Like I couldn't even put mascara on cause my hands would shake. So anyway, at some level I really, I remember going into CrossFit class. I stopped going for a while to just give myself a break, but I remember going in just on my own to do open gym and just crying because I identified so much with the CrossFit workouts and doing well and being the person that was like at the top of the leaderboard. I had a lot of identity wrapped up in that and going back to the gym where that was my identity and having a completely different persona and expectations felt horrible. I remember just crying, like picking up a barbell that was so familiar to me and knowing which weights weights I normally could do and not even being able to do a back squat with like 65 pounds and my legs were shaking just really killed me. But I also knew that if I was going to follow my doctor's orders to reverse this, I had to take a break and I had to trust. So it took a lot of like, and I'm sure a lot of people feel this. Like I think about people with like mental health diagnoses, maybe around eating disorders. It takes a lot of trust of just being like, all right, I'm just going to like throw caution to the wind. And there's a lot of control that comes with that. I'm like letting go of control to say, I'm going to trust that I'm going to be okay by taking a break for a while. And so that's what I had to do is just like trust my doctor and just go on walks and be very gentle because I did not want to mess this up because the other option, if I did not reverse this was to remove my thyroid and I did not want to do that. So it was kind of like out of necessity. There were certainly days where I was like, I really miss CrossFit or I really want to go for a run. And then there were times where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do like a really fast walk and I'm just going to be okay with that. I'm going to watch my heart rate. And and that was fine. Like I started to know where to push it and know where to not push it. And I stuck really, like I was very strict with that. Yeah. How do you see your identity now? Three years after Graves. Yeah. Well, you know how Claire and I always talk about when we're 80, we just want to be able to garden without being sore. Like yeah. that's kind of how I view it too. And I'm not trying to be miss know-it-all, but I do know like as I age, I gain more wisdom about life and uh, by no means am I old, but I'm older. And I do think as you get older, you start to reprioritize things and you start to see things differently and you start to be like, oh, this is really what's important. This is really what's not important. Let's be honest, as a woman, you really, okay, let me say for myself, I'm not going to speak for anyone. 
for myself, I think in my 30s, I was more aesthetically, like in your 20s for sure, but even in my 30s, I was more aesthetically focused mm-hmm. of wanting to look good and wanting to look hot and wanting to like be sexy or whatever, like to society. And I'm sorry, guys and gals and people like at 45, I don't care. Like no one needs to see that. You know what I mean? Like, so there's also an element for like, I'm not saying that like, I'm not attractive. What I'm saying is like, I don't care to like show my stomach or Mm -hmm. like wear shorty shorts. Like I wear short jean shorts still, but they're comfortable for me, but I'm not out to like be showing off my bod. You know what I mean? Like, so there's an element of like, I don't, I'm disconnected from that piece also that I'm not out to like get the tightest butt on the neighborhood because I'm not showing it off to people. Like, I think I was, if I'm being totally honest with myself in my thirties, like I was trying to dress more, I don't know. I wouldn't say even provocative, but like I, I was wearing clothes that I wanted to, te- to grab attention when I would wear clothes, certain clothes. And now I don't because I'm at an age where sometimes I'll look at things. And I'm like, that's really cute, but I'm not going to wear that at 45. I want to make it clear that I don't think I'm old. I just think I'm, I'm very in touch with certain things that I want to wear at my, at my age. I don't care what you wear. I like everyone does their own thing. But for me, that's kind of what it was tied with. Like identity wise, I see that. Like <clears throat> I will always dye my hair pink. I will always wear glitter. I will always like do those things. But when it comes to body, I also think there's an element for me of letting that go that is very liberating that as I get older, again, this is like a really stupid society thing that I wish didn't exist, but I don't need to grab like grab that attention where I think I needed something from society when I was younger to grab attention, to get to get validation for that. I'm not saying that's like a great quality to have, but I just think that's truly what I was going through as well. Whereas now it's like, I don't need that validation. (laughs) Does that make sense? That does make sense. And I think, I think any, not maybe not anyone, but the majority of people have gone, or I guess maybe the majority of women who are, in our age range have gone through that just with like what we grew up with, what was in magazines. And then a question I want to ask you, do you remember like when social media started to get big, how did that affect your relationship with exercise or like seeking validation? Cause then obviously it was like, we went from, you know, magazines, we are seeing models. And then all of a sudden we have Instagram and it's like, Oh, I can show off to everyone. And I see everyone. And it's just like, I see quote unquote normal people who like look more like the model. So then I think I should look like that. And if I don't look like that, then I don't have that validation kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's always been there. I think it's just in different forms. I think we could talk to our mothers and uh, our grandmothers and people that were like, oh, and then it was always this. And then we all saw this on a billboard or whatever. It's just much more, there's more volume of it now. When I was a teenager, I loved like YM magazine and 17 Mm -hmm. magazine. I had all the magazine subscriptions and I loved it. And Nikki Taylor was the supermodel of the day that was amazing. And Tyra Banks. And I would hang up their photos in my bathroom of like what I wanted to look like. Because back then I thought that you could attain that physique. I thought that I... (laughs) Newsflash, everybody, you're born with a physique and you're just, that's what you have. So you, you just, you either, 
you look like that. And that's just like, I will always have broad shoulders. I'll probably have always this size of rib cage. Like I can't get a different size rib cage. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I think like back then I thought that like I could get this certain size of waist. Sure. If I wanted to like starve myself, but we all know that that wasn't happening. So anyway, it's, I think when it happened, in my 30s, because when I got married, social media really wasn't a thing. And I'm kind of glad because I could not imagine getting married with social media. I would have felt like, I, I just think there's so much comparison. I was just talking to, I have a like a coach, a, like a life coach that I'm working with right now at work, who was talking about, you know, it can be used as a tool, but when we start to use it as comparison and it works against us, we need to really be careful like with anything, it's nothing is really bad unless you it starts to work against you. And so for sure, when we first started, we were kind of like wrapped up in the hustle culture and the, you know, no days off culture and all those memes that popped up back then, you know, mm-hmm. 10, 12 years ago. And then we saw the body positivity movement happen. And there's always a push pull. There's always a question. There's always like a call and response. So the call is hustle culture. And then the response is F your your hustle culture. We're going to do what we want to do. And then there's body positivity. And then everyone's like, but wait, are we celebrating obesity? You know, there's always this weird call and response to like any type of movement that's out there. So I think that we're just kind of seeing this happen on like the world stage where we didn't have that access before. Uh, so I don't know. I think like, it's always been there. There's always an undercurrent of comparison and body image and trends of bodies. I think it's, it's interesting to watch like the Botox, the fillers, uh, the ice sculpting or whatever the heck it's called, uh, where you're freezing off, you're freezing. I'm saying the wrong name. It's like (laughs) something freezing your, it's, it's basically a machine that like Cool sculpt. That's what it's called. It's called cool sculpting, oh. or basically freezes off fat cells, and then you just don't have that. Anyway, I'm sure every Kardashian has had every inch of their body done, which is why they look the way they do, half their sizes right now. I I, I witness this, and I see it, or the Ozempic discussion. I see it as just another call and response. There's going to be another response to this. There's going to be a consequence. We are, our bodies are smarter than any drug or anything out there. Their the body is going to do what it's going to do. Uh, and I kind of, I mean, no offense if people like Botox and fillers. I just think like, oh, I'm going to wait and see 20 years from now what everybody looks like because it's kind of scaring me right now. But I think that we, I don't think we're ever going to, uh, comparison and body image stuff is never going to go away. That's, we are not going to win that war. But what we can do is just, build up our own confidence to say, you know, it's just, again, talking to my life coach about this. I'm like, oh, I need to treat social media right now as a relationship, uh, like a toxic relationship almost where hmm. have you ever done this thing where like before you either have to have a hard conversation with somebody or you have to like do something that's difficult and you, has anyone ever taught you like for, you know, put a force field around you or like cover yourself in white light and like have this positivity force field around you. Or am I just like very out there in the universe? Like that's that I do that sometimes where you kind of have to like arm yourself, so to speak, before you go into like a tough, a tough situation. I'm like, that's what I need to do before I go on social media. I need Hmm. to arm myself with some positive light and a force field before I go on social media, because we're literally walking into a war zone without any armor. So 
we then just allow whatever comes at us to affect our mental health, to affect our mindset, to affect the way that we're talking about ourselves. Because I'll see people on a beach and I'm like, my life sucks. I'm not on a beach. And it's like, why are we doing that? Mm -hmm. Uh, We didn't know where everybody was 20 years ago. I didn't know this person was in Belize. And now I know every moment and every meal they're having. And so like, we just have to be really mindful about the comparison trap. I just, I don't think that's ever going to go away. And it just kind of evolves over the years. Yeah, I would agree with that. And similarly, I think we need to be mindful that especially... Now, with like Facetune and everything, like a lot of what we see on social media isn't even real versus I would say when like Instagram first came out, I feel like it was a lot more quote unquote real. But now it's, there's a high chance that it's not. Well, everything, yeah, everything is fake. Instagram started as purely sharing photos, beautiful photos of like for artistic expression Mm -hmm. and they had really cool filters in order to make the pictures look cool old school old timey sepia tone you know so like that's really the original reason why it was created and then it just blew up into something entirely different but i i as just a social sciences person i really like to watch how people react to things i like to see how Mm -hmm. people take like this app that's out right now, Threads, Threads. Where we just jumped on Threads. And I am more, and this is me as a person, uh, to my personality, I will sit back and watch. I watch the trends. I watch what people do. I watch how people use it more out of curiosity because I'm like, I like, I never like to be in the herd of sheep. I like to mm-hmm. watch the herd of sheep and then I like to see what they do but I like to be very different. And usually I end up going the other way, which doesn't always serve me well. It usually makes me like, you know, Joy, you should join this herd. But I just don't, that's not what my nature is. I've always been someone who sees the trends and then I do the opposite. So I more like to watch what's happening and I don't know, and see how it affects us as humans. Because ultimately I think it's another piece is like just protecting myself and trying to be in control because I don't want to just trust something blindly Anyway, but as someone who says this, I'm also using like every social media app there is. So maybe I'm just being a big hypocrite. Um, I, I think all of us are big hypocrites in one way or another. What are your initial thoughts on threads? I actually like it. <laughs> me too. I, text, I texted Claire because Claire uh, texted me this morning for people who don't know this, is my co-host on the podcast. I texted her. She texted me this morning. She's like, I set up a Threads account. And I was like, what is that? I don't even know. Like I saw on the news the Elon Musk versus Instagram or something. I saw like a Twitter versus Instagram news headline, (laughs) but I didn't pay attention. I was like, okay, that's something. And then when she said Threads, I was like, oh, there's a, oh, okay, got it. It's an app. And then I hopped on immediately. And I'm like, because I quit Twitter a few years ago, because it just was like, I needed to clear my mind from so many apps, so so many social media apps. I removed Twitter and deleted all of my accounts. You know, I kind of miss it. I kind of miss Twitter. It is a really fast way to talk to people. And it's a really fast way of like, this is very nerdy of me, but I love our local newscaster. And he only communicates with people on Twitter, like when he's doing his broadcasting. And he's read some of our communication, like my husband and I always watch him every night. And so when I had Twitter... He actually read one of my tweets once when I like asked him a question. And there's times when he's on the news where I'm like, oh, I wish I could tweet Kyle Clark that like I, but I don't have Twitter anymore, you know, or if I want to tweet like uh, T-Mobile because they, you know, messed up my bill or something like that. (laughs) 
because a lot of companies will respond to those because they don't want bad press. I'm like, oh, I don't yeah. have to. So, so I like the ease of it. And I'm like, great. If it's connected already to an account that I already have on Instagram, lovely. Uh, I've already posted a few things and so far so good. So we'll see. It's, it may be, so, it may be like a flash in the pan, kind of like Clubhouse was. Like, yeah. are people still doing Clubhouse? I got off of that a while ago and I, I was just never was like, in it. I wasn't cool enough. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, it was like some stupid like invite thing and it's not, yeah. I don't even know people are using it. I, I really just didn't, uh, that didn't last. No, I feel like threads has a better chance of lasting. And I, what I like so far is that it's, I have my Instagram audience who can find me on threads and also I can reach more people who don't know me which right. is like really valuable as a coach, self-business or small business owner um, right. versus like Instagram itself. It's like very hard to find new people. I find, mm-hmm. I also don't try that hard. So that, you know, if there's that, but <laughs> yeah, but it is, it feels a little bit like Instagram. I mean, this is a whole nother show I feel like, but <laughs> you know, social media started really policing how and when people find one another, which I find really fascinating because it's hard, you know, like even now we rarely get new followers because I think of just, you're kind of put into certain feeds of certain people. And I don't know, it's, it's a whole, like we're stuck in the matrix and we can't get out. Yeah. We're like stuck in wherever we fit in the algorithm. And then yeah. the, the people that see it are people who already see it. <laughs> exactly. It's very, that whole thing just freaks me out too. Like if I go to t- too deep down the rabbit hole of like <laughs> the internet, and ugh, but it's so funny. Like sometimes whenever I hear someone say like, uh, I don't want my personal information. I don't want people to know where this, and I'm not going to give this. I'm like, that jig is up. You have <laughs> no control over anything anymore. Like people being like, I don't want to give up my email or does this app track me? I'm like, yes. And everything's tracking you as we speak. I could say the word, uh, let's see, smart water. You're going to get a smart water ad. I bet after this episode, Probably. somewhere in your feed, you know, it's yeah. just crazy. I know. I always find that interesting too, especially like we all get spam calls. Like where do you think they get our numbers? Like it's out there somewhere. It's out there. Yeah. And And I can't remember what I was talking about the other day. I think it was, I was talking about the Jones Road makeup because I just tried Jones Road for some of my listeners that, uh, some of our listeners that wanted me to try out this makeup. And so I was talking about Jones Road and then everyone started getting like Jones Road was showing up on my Facebook and I'm like, how the hell did they know (laughs) And it, it's just the internet is listening at all times. Yeah, it's creepy. Um, that brings up a question that has nothing to do with what we've been talking about, but you are the product woman. So I have a question for you about hair products. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm curious if you can help because, as you know, you're in Colorado too. It's been very humid every single day here. Mm-hmm. And my hair is freaking out. It's like not really like – I mean, kind of frizzy. That's not what bothers me. It's like getting – oily way sooner i think because of the moisture versus like Mm -hmm. when it's dry all the time my hair is like nice and straight and it dries nicely do you have any recommendations so yes the and i will say not a hairdresser not a hair professional (laughs) so you could probably talk to your stylist about this but the two products that i have found that actually do things for my hair 
uh, and I'm not trying to sell this for myself, but I do have a discount code for one of them is hair story new wash. Mm-hmm. So hair story was a product I got introduced to by who was it? My naturopath, my naturopathic doctor. Ooh. When I had Graves disease, I was like, my hair's thinning cause I was really unhealthy. And so my hair looked like crap. She's like, you should try this. Da, 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 da. Anyway. So I ended up trying it. It's basically, it was created by the guy who created Bumble and Bumble And he went Mm. off and did like his own product. Bumble and Bumble is a very high-end hair product line. And I really do like their products. But he, I believe, started Hair Story. And what it is, is it's a, it literally feels like a conditioner. But it washes and conditioners. So it's it's like a two-in-one, which I've never been a fan of. But I, once I tried this, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going back to shampoo and conditioner. So basically what it does is it cleanses your hair and conditions it without stripping it. Mm. So people who are used to shampoo and conditioner, it takes them a while to get used to this because you do feel like you're washing your hair. Look, you put it in your hand, you're putting it in your hair. You're like, I'm putting conditioner in my hair. That's how it feels. Yeah. The first time I washed my hair with new wash, I did it twice because I was like, I just, I just have to make sure this is like going to work and you don't have to. But the nice thing about new wash too is I don't feel bad for washing my hair more often because it's not stripping your hair every single time you're washing it. And I like to wash my hair more often because I work out a lot. Yep. So so I would say new wash is a big one. Again, if you want to use a discount, I think my discount code is joy. I'll give it to you if you want to put it in your show notes or whatever. You don't have to. I'm not like here to make money. But <laughs> um, but it is it is it is on the pricier side. So if people get a discount, great. Yeah. So I would say new wash and then let me make sure I'm, I'm going to look this up while we're talking. K18. So K18 oh. is a hair mask that, again, I one of my hair stylists recommended this to me. She put it in my hair after we, like, she, after she cut my hair once. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is this magic? So it is a leave-in hair mask. If you go to, it looks like k18hair.com. So the letter K, the number 18, hair spelled out dot com that one uh i have no discount code for you and no like monetary kickback for that one but i (laughs) and it is on that one's on the pricier side as well those i would say if you're going to invest in products those are the two that i've found that actually are worth the money i've paid plenty of money for like fancy shampoos fancy conditioners fancy this fancy whatever fancy Mm -hmm. mousse it doesn't matter. That stuff to me, I've like, it, there's been rare, rarely have I found a product where I'm like, this is life changing. But the K18 makes your hair really smooth mm. and it kind of strengthens your hair. And the nice thing is you just leave it in. So like after I shower I, and you don't need a lot, it comes in a tiny bottle that's way too expensive in my opinion. Like in my, it's not because it sounds like they took like 20 years researching it to get the formula right. So like I'm fine with paying that much money. But sometimes when I look at the bottle and I'm like, it's how much money I get a little annoyed because yeah. I'm like, real, I'm real frugal. Anyway, K18, new wash. That would be my recommendation for anyone's hair woes because it really does help. Perfect. It's Thank like, you. I notice a difference. I will look those up since it doesn't seem like the humidity is going to be leaving us anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One last question before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, what forms of exercise are bringing you joy? 
I love going to this gym near me called Fitwall. I've been going for a few years now. And the reason I started was the owner reached out and was like, hey, do you guys want to try this? Because they had just opened up. Gosh, it's probably been five years. I mean, it's it's been a while. But the owner reached out because they were opening up uh, you know, it's a location near me and they wanted people to try it. They wanted people to get in and start getting new customers and get the word out. So, uh, because I live close to that studio, I tried it and Claire didn't, she lives very far away. So this was not reasonable for her to try, but it's like a, it's like a, um, cross training fitness class. That's 40 minutes long. It combines flexibility movements. So a lot of the times we're doing movements that are like, uh, a downward dog or scorpions, like like movements that are really restorative and make you flexible. Mm-hmm. Then you'll do some jumping jacks and then you'll maybe do some strength. But the nice thing, the thing that I love about it, and it's just, it's fun because it feels good. I never feel wrecked after those classes. I feel restored. I feel like, oh, that was a really nice workout. And I also feel like I worked hard, but not like, I was laid out on the floor and couldn't breathe type of hard. Like that was not, that's it just, I feel good. I feel energized. My blood got pumping. Like it was, it's the perfect combination. So then they, they switch every single day. Every single day is a different like type of blend. So they have Monday through Friday, they have like a blend meaning strength, flexibility, and cardio. So every day is a different blend. So Mondays are more strength. Tuesdays are more this Tuesdays, Wednesdays are more cardio Fridays are more interval or whatever. So you're always getting a different blend of things. And then Sundays I have like a nice restorative, like stretching focus. So it's just, it's a good mix of things. I never get bored. The movements always change. Like they cycle through different workouts every couple weeks. So you're always getting a new workout. Hmm. And I just feel like it's the best combination of, of, of CrossFit, like the things that I miss about CrossFit. Cause there's a lot of like CrossFit, CrossFit-esque moves and cross training to where I don't want to get too cardio heavy. Cause that's usually when I kind of go to the dark place of like, I need to do more running. I need to run another half marathon or whatever, mm-hmm. where I do also want to focus as I age on building strength and making sure that I'm still doing weightlifting. So I'm really enjoying that. And then we do have a Peloton bike. We uh, traded in our treadmill for a bike. And I do enjoy cycling. Indoor cycling keeps my heart rate low. Running really spikes my heart rate. And I'm trying still to kind of do what my naturopathic doctor recommended, which was like, don't do a ton of like high heart rate stuff. And so cycling keeps my heart rate. Even when I'm working hard, my heart rate's not like really, really, really high. So I enjoy my Peloton cycling classes. I do like Peloton Pilates classes. So it's like a mixture of things. And then I like walking my dogs. That sounds like so much fun and so much healthier Mm -hmm. than the past. For sure. Yeah. I don't miss the days of like, like this morning when I just randomly thought about doing 10 minutes of burpees, I was like, this is weird, but I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. I think the thing that was hard, I will end with this. The thing that was hard when I was training for that 10 miler Mm -hmm. was these days I wake up and I don't have a plan. Like unless it's a fit wall class where I even don't really plan my fit wall classes. Like I'll wake up and see if there's a spot open. Like I'm not like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Like I woke up this morning. I knew I had an early call, so I couldn't really get a long workout in or longer, like 30 minutes usually is what I try to do. So I was like, what can I do in 10 minutes to just kind of get my blood moving? 
but normally I wake up and I just kind of do what I f- like, uh, feel like doing mm-hmm. and training for the race was hard. Cause it was like, you have to run three miles today. And I'd be like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was hard because I'm not someone these days to like have, a, I never have been that person. I've always been like, I just don't feel like doing that today. So training for a race is kind of against what I like to do. <laughs> Yeah, except your races, and we'll end on this, are for a very good cause usually when you choose to run them. Because the 10-miler was for canine companions, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing is I'm like, I will only run races now that have some type of nonprofit tied to it where I can like make sure that I'm not doing it for like, I don't know. It's fine if you don't do it for that. I'm not saying everyone, I don't know. I'm not like trying to put myself on a pedestal. I'm just (laughs) saying like my mindset around it is I have to be like, this will feel good and I will like I can validate working hard uh, and doing this training plan that is kind of like against my natural instincts. Natural instincts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> natural desire, I guess. I got really distracted because I heard a cute cat and oh. I was like, oh, I miss I my kitty. I'm trying to get it to come up. Come on, pumpkin. Oh, is it pumpkin? It's pumpkin. Oh, it's my God. pumpkin. You want to say hi I to Joy? I love pumpkin. Okay, is that a tabby? Yeah, he's an orange tabby. Oh, my gosh. So I think if we do get another cat, that's like going to be our next, we're going to get a tabby because I've heard that they are, well, we'll see, but I've heard that they're, <laughs> they don't care as much about dogs. We need to get a cat oh. that doesn't care about dogs. Interesting. That he like doesn't does. react. He's scared really? of everything though. Okay. Well, then maybe the theory is wrong, but pumpkin, you're fine. I don't think- listen to us. <laughs> I think he was just a very sheltered cat and he is a pandemic kitten. Oh, so- Okay. Okay. Yeah, I feel like if he if we had a dog and he had met the dog right away, it might be a different story. But now, like, if our friends bring a dog over, he will like shit his pants. Even if another human comes over, he doesn't know he will shit his pants. Oh no, poor pumpkin. Okay, well, pumpkin, no dogs for you then. You poor thing. Yeah, he Ugh, is a just, spoiled. Very spoiled. We need to the next cat we rescue. It just needs to not care about dogs. It needs to have like I have a friend. I'm like, how do you pick these cats? Because she's also a puppy raiser, mm-hmm. uh, and she always has these cats that just could not care less about dogs running up to them and sniffing them. Oh. And I'm like, how do you find these cats? She's like, I just you know she has a friend who volunteers at the rescue too, and she's always like, they just kind of evaluate their personalities, let me know, and then we kind of test it out. But yeah, because. When we're raising service dogs and the puppies are like running up to the cats and the cats run away, it's like, oh, then they think it's a chasing game and yeah. oh, I don't want to go through that again. Anyway, yeah, this is cat talk. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it's so funny. So like I record a lot of guest podcasts and most I open the catio for him and usually he'll stay down there, but this is the, the catio. <laughs> this is the first time he's come and interrupted in a while. <laughs> pumpkin pumpkin knows i like cats that's what it is yeah he's like i had to say hi to joy cute he's so cutie would he let me hold him or is he afraid of anyone he's afraid of everyone okay but i feel like if you got used to yeah oh yeah Yeah. he's obsessed with me yeah i can hold him however i want that's how my cat was the one that passed away well yeah diva was a whole character herself cats are so funny oh (laughs) now everybody he's eating her (laughs) headphone cord (laughs) 
God, that was <laughs> really last job. That there. makes he was totally he had like a death grip on his and like though that cord was in his jaws. I, I would know. sit here sometimes I'd hold my cat, the one that I, we had two cats pass away last year, guys. It was so sad. So sad. But she would sit on my lap sometimes and I'd be on a call and I have those Apple headphones that just kind of like hang down and she would just like bat at it and try to like bite it and it was the cutest thing. Yeah. Well, I guess we should officially wrap. Okay, fine. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Joy. This was fun. Thank you I for think, having me. I think it'll be uh, good for people to hear your story because I'm sure like a lot of people will relate to either pieces of it or large chunks of yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear what people say. Yeah. I'll let you know if we get feedback. Um, Thank you. If people want more conversations like this, you and Claire talk about stuff like this a lot. So do you want to plug your podcast? Yeah, it's so funny because Claire does all the plugging at the end because I always get it wrong. But it's our podcast is This is Joy and Claire. You can find it on any podcast platform. If you want to check out our website, we have all of our podcasts also listed on our website, which is joyandclaire.com. Our Instagram is joyandclaire underscore. We did open a threads account so you can get that link on our Instagram account. Uh, and we're on Facebook as well. So we'd love to have you join our community. It's a great one. Yeah, it is a great one. The chat every week is <laughs> okay, very <sorry>. fun. <laughs> pumpkin is pumpkin is please take a screenshot of that. Can you oh, do I'm screenshots? make a reel of this? <laughs> oh my gosh, because pumpkin is going after that cord. And <laughs> can you hear him purring? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's the best. That's the best, you guys. It's so great. He has just launched his jaws onto that cord and is not letting go for dear life. That's the best. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) On that note. (laughs) All right. Pumpkin has called it. Pumpkin has called it. Thanks again, Joy. (laughs) Thank you so much, Kelly. That's a wrap on this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening to this. If you like this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review everything you do for podcasts wherever you listen to them. It helps me out immensely and helps other people find the show and just spread my message. And if you haven't already, connect with me on Instagram or TikTok at Coaching Klutz. You can also find me at my website, coachingklutz.com, if you're looking for my coaching services or any of my running programs. And I will talk to you all next time. 